You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. Lots going on on the world stage, whether it's uh, engagement in the Red Sea affecting supply chains, uh, whether it is the Biden administration and, Netan- and Netanyahu's government finding themselves at odds over the future of Gaza. There is lots going on. We didn't even bring up uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. He's here now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, thank you. Same to, same to you, Scott. But, you know, how well is the world? I know, exactly. There's so many, any one of these issues would be enough uh, to, to keep us all occupied. I want to ask you, Elliot, what are your thoughts on Israel's reaction to the two-state solution? Because really, we've been hearing a lot about that, obviously, of late, for obvious reasons, that this was the way forward. However, it doesn't seem that any of the parties really involved in this want that. Your thoughts on is Israel's reaction to the two-state, uh, which they don't support? Yes. There's a lot made of this. The uh it's gone public. Obviously, a lot of this was, you know, under the under the radar until now. But just bilaterally, keeping in mind the relationship between Israel and the U.S. is extremely close. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's even contractual in a sense. The Congress has uh, has passed legislation saying, you know, Israel is always going to have munitions needed to keep it ahead of the game. So, uh, what's going on is real puzzlement. And really bafflement, I would say, as to what to do next in that region. The Israelis are saying, basically, you're asking us to put faith in the people who are presently still rewarding terrorists, uh, and they have a fundamental disagreement over the nature, the actual nature of the Palestinian Authority. And that takes us into a much bigger conversation as who they are. They were, after all, the governing authority in Gaza. They got yeah, they got booted out in a coup, a very bloody military coup. Hamas defeated them on the battlefield and kicked them out. Uh, and meanwhile, their current leader, uh, <laughs> Abu, <laughs> Abu Mazen, uh, it, it, I think it's now his 17th or 18th year of his four-year electoral term. What the U.S. is talking about is kind of uh, difficult to put your finger on because they're talking about a rejuvenated, and a reinvigorated Palestinian authority coming over into Gaza, where there's no particular uh, sign that the Gazans would welcome them in any in any event. The Israelis are saying, uh, look, we've just been attacked, and you want us to give up security guarantees. A commentator in the U.S. who's been involved in negotiations in the past has put it this way, Scott, he said, what, what the U.S. sees when they look at the Palestinian authority is Costa Rica. You know, a nice, gentle uh, democracy with mm. no army. Uh, what Israel sees is North Korea, a totalitarian state armed to the teeth and hostile. So they have quite different visions of what the, what the PA is capable of doing. Meanwhile, both Egypt, it looks like Egypt and Israel are saying the people of Gaza should be governed by the people of Gaza. And that's, that means we need to find people who were basically technically technocrats not affiliated with Hamas. Nobody actually, to be honest, uh, on all sides, has a clue really what to do with Gaza. Nobody really wants them. Egypt won't take them. Uh, There was talk about a multinational Arab force moving in uh, to maintain the peace. Nobody's picking that up. The Saudis uh, are a key player here. What's going to happen in the future was, and we framed it this way, I think you and I, when we talked about it, is that 
uh, what's going to happen in the future is, has been changed considerably by this attack that really behind everything we see is Iran's goals and they are being carried out. Uh, this, this dispute on, on Gaza, you know, U.S. and PA, uh, that can carry on because, again, nobody really knows what to do about it. But really the big story here is that uh, in this theater, the Middle Eastern theater, Iran has some very clear goals. They, they want to push the West out. That means us, as well, along with, the, along with uh, the U.S. and all of the allies. They want to push the Saudis down. They, they, they're in a long-term, you know, thousand-year civil war, basically, within Islam. But they're in a, in a contemporary struggle for dominance and regional hegemony between the Saudi-led bloc of Sunnis and uh, the Shia-led bloc by, by Iran. And Iran is on a roll. Uh, by the actions of their ally, their proxy, Hamas, they really have derailed the Saudi intentions. Uh, and they really, of course, want the Israelis gone, and they're making good progress. Basically, Iran is activating its, its proxies all around the region, while themselves paying no cost, Scott. Mm. They're hiding behind their proxies who are paying a heavy cost. Uh, and uh, much like Hamas is hiding behind civilian civilian populations in Gaza. So obviously, uh, Israel doesn't want the two-state solution. Uh, the Middle East isn't stepping up to take anybody in or create some sort of solution in this. It, it keeps pointing back to Palestinians and their relationship with Hamas. And until that separation is made, it sounds like there's not going to be a lot of support. Is that accurate? Uh, everything about the place is so complex. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course, that's accurate. We, um, there's voices, very strong voices inside Hamas, uh, inside Gaza, saying, uh, calling Hamas names. <laughs> so they, they say, look at the disaster you brought upon us. And we should keep in mind this is way broader than the bilateral dispute, so to speak, between Gaza and Israel, or even more broadly, the Palestinians. However, one defines, you know, the nature of the dispute in that context, because the West Bank is certainly not the same thing as Gaza. But much more widely, there's Hezbollah in Jordan, and uh, the Iranian people have tried over and over again to throw out, basically, to rise up and replace the, the theocratic regime. The theocratic regime, uh, the Ayatollah's regime, really, we should remind ourselves, changed policy. Uh, there's no deep-seated structural reason that Israel and Iran have for being enemies. Uh, this was a, a, a choice in 1979 to switch gears, because before that, in fact, Israel and Turkey uh, and Iran had good relations. So the, the Iranian regime has this very clear set of goals. Uh, they are pursuing them, and they are pursuing them much more broadly than the Palestinian issue. They're pursuing it in terms of Hezbollah and Lebanon. The people of Lebanon are paying already a very high cost for uh, Hezbollah's role in their domestic politics. 80% of the population apparently is at the poverty line or below the poverty line. Meanwhile, Hezbollah continues to be funded uh, quite nicely by, by Iran. And of course, the people of Iran are paying such a heavy cost. We just passed the year mark where it was yet the latest uprising, led by young women, uh, girls, an attempt to replace that regime. They crushed it. Uh, they saw it. They crushed the opposition at home. They've animated their proxies around the 
around the region, which pushes back against Saudi Arabia very effectively. Now Saudi Arabia is saying, yes, we still want to normalize with Israel, but it has to now have a, and they're putting it much more strongly, a verified non a path to statehood for the Palestinians, which can't be gone back on. That's much stronger than they were saying before. So we are in a situation where basically Iran is paying no cost for activities, and they are stepping up their own. Uh, they now have mm-hmm. stepped forth and actually attacked, attacked American interest in, <laughs> in Syria, American interest in Iraq, and they've even attacked their neighbor Pakistan using their own military in this case, not relying on proxies. So I think they see themselves as emboldened. Uh, the West is making it clear, including in the case of the Red Sea, uh, we do not want to widen this war. And I think what uh, Iran is hearing is, oh, well, if you don't want to widen the war, that gives us a lot of latitude <clears throat> to push in a really dangerous and reckless way in this volatile region. Always a fascinating discussion. Elliot Tepper with his emeritus professor of political science, Carleton University. And that's just with one issue. Elliot, as always, we'll chat again. Be well. Uh, Thank you. Same to you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.